go. Welcome to another episode of Patrick Problematic, The Life of the Bipolar. This one's a little overdue. I apologize for that, uh, and we'll certainly discuss why here <laughs> in just a little bit. So what I'd like to do with our episode today is, and this is what I intended to do a couple weeks ago, and then I had a little, got a little sidetracked. Uh, but what it was is I simply have a handout that I received from one of my therapists. It's practical facts about bipolar disorder. And so when I originally thought of this, I said, you know, this would be kind of cool. I can read, just read it, go over this stuff. But it, some of it may to apply to some of us, some of it may not. But I intended to fill in the blanks, as it were, as we discuss these different things or as I talk about them if these symptoms did or did not affect me, and if so, how greatly, and, and what kind of problems they caused. And then, so the reason this got set back for a couple of weeks is, and there's no other way for me to say this, but I experienced, uh, for me, a miniature bipolar cycle. Uh, the upper, the high part, and then the low part. None of it, none of it, like anything that I remember. Uh, and certainly people that know me very well would have agreed. <laughs> they would say, no, that's certainly not like it used to be. And I'm not sure how to explain that even. But it definitely happened. I definitely felt it. And, and uh, man, I'm, I'm just learning all the time on this. For someone who may not have listened uh, to anything else that I've done yet, and which has not been a whole lot uh, just yet, but we're 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 working to get that stuff fixed. But I've, you know, I just started. I I just learned these things about myself just six months ago, uh, April twenty fifth, twenty twenty three. First time I went to a doctor and I said, man, I'm, I'm concerned about my brain pan. I'd like us to take a look. And we did. And as we discussed the different things that I'd been through in life and, and how I felt about different things, uh, it, 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 was, it was pretty simple to, to hone in on bipolar disorder as what would appear to be my main presenting uh, issues. I know that I have others and, and we'll talk about some of that. Uh, as well. Now, I, this serves as no excuse for anything that I have done in my life, nor will it ever be an excuse for anything that I may do moving forward. And as I stated, it does not excuse my past, but to me, it explained so much. I said, well, you know, that would certainly make sense considering what it is that I have personally suffered and been through through all of this stuff. Uh, I can't even, I, oh, the wreckage is horrible. Uh, now that I'm aware that I have bipolar disorder, I accept it, I acknowledge it. It's there, it's real, um, and, 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 it's, and it's part of me. It always has been, I just didn't know it. So I've been able to learn a lot. And it's been really educational. Let me tell you what, that dude wants to run off all the time. And we'll get to that. <laughs> okay, here we go. Handout number 3B. Uh, this is from Integrated Illness Management and Recovery. Uh, practical facts about bipolar disorder. What do you know about bipolar disorder? Well, 
It's a mental illness that affects about one person in every 100. You know, 1% of us. Uh, used to be called manic depression. Uh, yes, it did. <laughs> and in severe cases, it certainly fits those words. Uh, and that's what I used to call it for a long time. Uh, bipolar recently, you know, like I said, it used to be called manic depression. Okay. Bipolar disorder causes upsetting symptoms, such as severe mood swings, from the highest of highs, mania, to the lowest of lows, uh, depression. Oh, yeah, I would say there's some mood swings involved, and certainly from the highest of highs to the lowest of lows. The, my my highs and my lows, it, it I'd like to say it's like a perfect bell curve, and it certainly is on the manic side, because there's so much part of that upper bell curve that it feels good but then the other side of my bell curve doesn't ever just taper off and like mirror the other side of the bell curve it's not like we're not getting to the mean here <laughs> or actually we're not getting to the average we're getting to the mean part here on the other side of my bell curve there's usually just a steep vertical drop and then maybe a little bit of a curve out at the bottom as things start to get better uh, and we'll go into some of that when when we talk about actual symptoms Okay, when does bipolar set in, or when are people aware of it, or when does it begin to affect most people? Um, people usually develop it as teenagers or young adults, age 16 to age 30. People can also have their first symptoms when they're in their 40s or 50s. Now, since <laughs> I didn't even think there was anything wrong with me and there's nothing wrong with me at all i just have bipolar i couldn't even begin to tell you when i may have noticed it because i always thought every i thought i was <laughs> i always thought everything was everybody else's issues that's as simple as it is so i don't really have any idea when i started uh, developing the behaviors that I know I have come to know so well so I don't know when I started it I don't know when I got it uh, I do know that you know I was diagnosed as hyperactive at the age of eight so maybe they did know something I don't know but it wasn't handled properly in those in that time and in those days and yeah it only lasted for a couple of years thankfully okay now bipolar disorder is not curable but there are effective treatments for it, and I would totally agree with that. Uh, I've, I've worked out a few that are helping me, and, and I, I believe it is helping. Uh, people can learn to manage it and can lead meaningful and productive lives. Yes, I am just learning. Because I do believe, truly, you can learn to manage it. Uh, and, and as far as meaningful and productive lives, I, I totally believe that. Uh, <laughs> I, I would like to say that I see no more jail or prison time in my future, and that's a pretty good, pretty good thing. <laughs> so yes, uh, you can learn to manage it, and you can lead a meaningful and productive life. Uh, and I'll get to why I think that that's possible, but it kind of comes with a caveat. Okay, the diagnosis is based on a clinical interview by a mental health professional. I've had several of those, and so it's always it's it's been nice. So we've had we've had a team effort to come to, together on this. 
So that's, I don't feel like it was just one person made it up to try to get me out the door. Uh, it says that doctors may do a physical exam and or certain lab tests or blood tests to see if there could be other causes for the symptoms, such as a medical problem. Well, when I was eight years old, they gave me an electroencephalograph, uh, and that was apparently one of the main causes or main factors in their determination that I was hyperactive. Uh, again, I was only eight, so I have little recollection of it, uh, and that's it. Okay, now here's a good one. Uh, some people have a mild form of it and only have symptoms a few times in their lives. Other people have a more severe form of it. And that's why they do have level ones. Level one being the most severe. Uh, I, I'm a high level two myself. Uh, it's not, well, it's been pretty severe. Uh, and definitely symptoms have showed up more than a few times in my life. But yeah, I'm, I'm at a level two. Uh, bipolar disorder tends to be episodic, episodic, with symptoms getting worse rather than better over time. When the symptoms reappear, get worse, this is called a symptom exacerbation or an acute episode or a relapse. Uh, they do have a handout with more information on relapse and it's called relapse prevention. Some re relapses can be managed at home, but other relapses may require hospitalization. Definitely episodic. Uh, and I would say that the symptoms definitely got worse than better over time. That's why I'm so thankful and so grateful that I began my mental health journey. I'm so new into it. I, I know I've stated before and some of my other things, I, I don't have answers to any of this. I, I, I do have a lot of questions and I'm trying to learn every day. So, all right, now we can get into, they have, what are the symptoms of bipolar disorder? Some symptoms of bipolar disorder are the same as those that happen in other mental disorders. Making a diagnosis of bipolar disorder is based on which symptoms are happening, how long they have been present, and how bad they are. No one has exactly the same symptoms or is bothered the same amount by them. And like I said, that's what I planned on originally doing with this was to discuss how, if or how they bothered me. And when, because again, this is just, this is my mental health journey. I would be very interested to hear some of yours to see how you have been affected by this uh, because, <laughs> you know, some of it's quite surprising. Uh, it's really surprising when you actually realize and recognize that it's happening as opposed to myself running around blissfully <laughs> unwilling and unwilling to learn, ignorant and unwilling to learn to change my ignorance concerning my mental health. Okay. <laughs> Uh, number one, extremely high mood symptoms, mania. When people experience any or all of the following, extreme happiness or excitement, feeling extremely happy on top of the world like everything was falling into place. Uh, yeah, that's that whole part of that, that, that upper belt, that, you know, upward part of the bell curve uh, on the manic phase. For me, it's just, Everything, because everything is falling into place, and that's certainly why it. Uh, I felt that way. 
So yeah, definitely extreme happiness or excitement. And and I've always been a little over the top on that. Most people can be like happy or excited, but I, I, I tend to be extremely happy or extremely excited. You know, always, yeah, go big or go home. I'm always into probably a little bit of overdoing. <laughs> and it don't matter if it's a good thing or a bad thing. I'm, I'm generally on the side of overdoing. Uh, irritability, feeling very irritated even over little things. Yeah, that's definitely a part of it. And for me, that comes, that's the beginning of the end of the upward part of the bell curve for me. The irritability. In fact, just the other day. Oh, let me get to that. Yeah, that's where we're talking about the symptoms. And so for the last 10 to 14 days, well, we'll make it just a, a couple weeks ago, and it lasted about 10, 12 days, I actually experienced, as I described earlier, a, a complete little bipolar cycle and came out of it. And the irritability one was certainly one of the notice, noticeable ones at the end. There was two people who were very dear to me and were texting. And I realized the next day, I, I knew that it was happening then. And I didn't just let it run away, but I certainly, you know, I was like, I, I, the next day I realized very quickly, I said that, you know, I, I thought, I said, dude, I said, you got really irritated over some things that should have just barely quirked you. And that's exactly what I told my friends. I said, I apologize. I was, if I sounded testy yesterday, I said, it's because I was. <laughs> that's part of it. So the irritability, but like I said, for me, that's what kicks in toward the end of the manic phase. And what that leads to is the irritability. See, that fuels my narrative. Because once again, I never thought that things were my fault. I always thought it was other people's fault, and if, if they would just figure that out, then everything would be fine. So then I get, a, I get irritable, and it starts to grow, and again, that reinforces my narrative. I now look for things to irritate me. And, you know, when you look for anything hard enough, you're going to find it, and especially in a situation like this. So, yeah, the irritability. Unrealistic self-confidence, they say, is, is another symptom of bipolar disorder. Uh, feeling like you can do virtually anything, even things that you don't really have the skills to do. That's a, I don't know about that one. I've always been an extremely confident person and um, have in most every situation been able to quickly pick up the skills I have to do it. So I yes, I definitely, I would not say unrealistic, but I was extremely confident. <laughs> Pretty sure that I, I yeah. Yes, I, I won't say it was unrealistic, at least not to me it wasn't. <laughs> I was probably a little overly confident at times. And this one, I, I would have to imagine this is what people that know me uh, would, be, would probably say. I, I don't know. I mean, again, since I'm just learning about this stuff, I haven't really got to talk with people uh, that have known me that well. And especially since a lot of them, you know, haven't wanted to for sometime because well of the shit that I caused when we were together hopefully this starts to change and, and turn around moving forward so the, and I said self-confidence to me it was not unrealistic but it could certainly be stated as or taken as uh, unrealistic self-confidence 
uh, and especially if other people were watching or looking at it. Uh, the uh, no need for sleep, another symptom. Feeling like you don't need to sleep as much as usual or that you can even go for days without sleep. I never really, no, that one's never really uh, bothered me. Uh, you know, I, I sleep normal. Oh, sorry, I'm flipping papers here. I, I sleep normally for the most part. I like my sleep. Uh, the depress the depression cycle of my bipolar disorder is I, I sleep way too much then. I don't want to do nothing. <laughs> You know, whatever, whatever that one classic sign of depression is, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> I, I, I just don't want to do shit. <sighs> okay, talking a lot, talking a lot more than usual. So much that is hard. So much that it is hard for people to interrupt you. Uh, yeah, I'm a talker. Um, I mean, one of the reasons I decided to to do this, one of the reasons that I've been involved in speech and debate, one of the reasons I love learning is because it it's interesting to talk and share. So talking a lot more than usual, so much that it's hard for people to interrupt you. Oh yeah, I do that. I do that. Um, yeah, I definitely will. I just I'll just keep going. And a lot of that is is because I. Either I do have stuff that I really want to get out, or, or in all honesty, I know for years it's just because I didn't think anybody else around me had anything worth saying, so I'm just going to keep shit going. Oh, man, I don't even know how I, I should. People should have straightened me out with a stick a whole bunch of times back then. No, oh, well. Racing thoughts. Having thoughts that go so fast in your head that it's hard to keep up with them. I, yes and no. Definitely the racing thoughts. Uh, like I said, they, they want to run off all the time. I literally want to put one of those old day, old school little harnesses with a leash on it that, that we used to put on toddlers because he wants to run off all the time. And by he, I, re I refer to Patrick Burns. I realize that I, Patrick Problematic was born after I acknowledged the fact that I have some mental health concerns that I want to address. And so Patrick Problematic is actually the good one. Patrick Burns is the one that was involved in each and every episode of disaster that has occurred throughout his life. <laughs> And so that's that's the that's the differentiation there between Patrick Problematic and Patrick Burns. <laughs> See, I don't know is that racing thoughts uh, being easily distracted. Now they describe it as being distracted by every sound, ticking of the clock, air conditioner, car driving by, someone walking in the hall, a bird singing outside the window. Uh, no, I wouldn't say I'm distracted by every sound. I will distract myself with pointless or, or time-wasting activities once in a while to avoid doing anything. Or well, I don't know, procrastination is definitely one of my things. Always has been. So uh, no, not on the being easily distracted. Extreme energy and activity. Spending an excessive amount of time awake and working on tasks, hobbies, or activities. I would not say an excessive amount of time awake, but when I get really into a task, a hobby, or an activity, I will not lie. I am working on it. Uh, 
I go, I, I get, I, I go full on, full obsessed into pretty much er, anything and everything that I, that I do or, or ever have done. And that can cause problems. <laughs> oh, here we go. This, this one, I think that's my picture right there next to it. Uh, another symptom of bipolar disorder is bad judgment and or risk-taking behaving in ways that are dangerous or risky like going on spending sprees going home with strangers hitchhiking <laughs> uh, all before i got out of high school for sure with just those uh, oh my lord folks i am literally an encyclopedia of bad judgments and risk-taking behaviors i have broken i've i may i i've given evil knievel a hell of a run for his money i've yes bad judgment and or risk-taking <laughs> i always combined them why not again like i've mentioned go big or go home and that's funny that that's the last one they have under their manic uh, symptoms but yeah definitely that's a big yes for patrick burns uh, the bad judgment and risk-taking all right now we're going to go to the other side uh, of the of the curve the depression uh, i i have to believe that so much of this stuff is 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 i, I believe that this part of of bipolar disorder is probably a little more similar from person in, in person to person than i think the manic phases are but then again i don't know uh, not having heard hardly any other people really describe how it how bipolar disorder affects them in their life uh, I'm, I'm looking i'm looking to learn this information so but depression is defined as including a sad mood, feeling very down, like there's nothing positive in life, crying a lot. Oh, yeah. Eating too little or too much. Having very little appetite or eating too much. For me, it's too little. I, who cares? <laughs> Sleeping too little or too much. Sleeping more, much more than usual or having insomnia most nights. Uh, sleep too much, way too much. Feeling tired and low energy. Yeah, feeling physically tired or exhausted most days. And for me, that ties into well, I'm sleeping too much because I don't care and I'm not eating very much because I don't care and I'm sad and that, so I don't care and if I just go back to sleep. And so, yeah, I don't want to do anything. So I do. I'm tired and low energy. Feeling helpless, hopeless, worthless. Uh, feeling like you're powerless to make your life better and or that you're not an important person. Oh, yeah. Yep, I've definitely felt all of those. The helpless, the hopeless, and the worthless. All through my own actions and choices. It's, but it doesn't change the fact that I have definitely felt helplessness and worthlessness and hopelessness. Okay, feeling guilty for things that aren't your fault. That's really hard for me to say because I, at the end of it, you well, you're right. Not there's no fucking way. Everything was my fault all these years. But I felt guilty because there was so much. It was my fault. So yeah, I felt guilty. Uh, suicidal thoughts or actions. Never any actions. Uh, it definitely got. There was one one particular uh, week where there the thoughts the thoughts were definitely very strong. 
and that it came back to the whole helplessness, hopelessness, and worthlessness parts, and then also guilt, and I believe the exact words that, that I said to myself were that it wouldn't fucking matter, no, and nobody would care. Uh, trouble concentrating and making decisions. No, yeah, I mean, it's because again, I don't care. I'm depressed. I don't want to. Uh, having a hard time staying focused or making even very simple decisions like what to wear or eat. And that just ties in for me. Like I said, I don't care, so I don't do anything. And so, of course, I have trouble concentrating and making decisions because that involves doing something. <laughs> and I'm not very good at that one. That's how I feel. Okay, now we have psychotic symptoms. Some people with bipolar disorder have one or more of these. Um, hallucinations. Hear, see, feel, or smell things that are not actually there. Voices is the most common kind. Uh, when people hear voices, they seem very real and like they can actually hear them. I've not had that. I've had hallucinations under the influence of psychedelics yet, but not not through any of my bipolar disorder. Uh, delusions, when people firmly believe something, even when there is evidence that it's not true. These beliefs can be about anything and seem very real to the person, but seem impossible and untrue to others. Common delusions include paranoia, ideas of reference, makes mistakenly thinking that others are talking about or taking special notice of you. And this is a difficult one for me, this ideas of reference. Yes, I do know... Uh, that people, I, I would think that people were taking special notice of me because, you know, I'm, I was so special. Uh, mistakenly thinking that others are talking about or taking special notice of me, you know, yeah, probably all ties in together. So some of that, yes, uh, paranoia, no. Uh, ideas of reference, that's, a, that's an interesting one because so many of us think that we have more influence on the world around us on a daily basis than we actually do. It, it would be surprising to find out really just the few people that actually uh, that we actually cross their minds on a, on a daily basis. It's not as many as we think, for sure. Uh, somatic delusions, mistakenly thinking something is wrong with your body. I've never had that, uh, but I do know some people who have. Uh, grandiosity, mistakenly thinking that uh, you have special talents or powers. Uh, well, I have had some special talents. I wouldn't say anything about power. So grandiosity, no, I'd call it more pomposity for myself because I was a dick or could be a dick. So it wasn't grandiosity for me. It was pomposity. Yeah, for me. A thought disorder, uh, when people have confused thinking, uh, that's, I would not say that, uh, that that's my problem at all. Um, the ability to communicate and conversation, correct words and senses is not, never been a problem for myself personally. Uh, cognitive problems, when people have trouble with concentration, memory, planning, organizing, and judgment. Uh, that comes back to the, you know, uh, procrastination goes in there, right? Have trouble with concentration, memory, planning, organizing, and judgment. Now, see, actually, those are things I'm good at. <laughs> those are the things I'm good at. You see, the cognitive problems doesn't say anything about actually doing it. So, yeah, procrastination. 
because all those things are what I do to stay busy to procrastinate. I concentrate on it. I think about it. I remember it. I plan it. I organize it. And I pass judgment on it. Oh, Lordy. Mr. Burns, Mr. Burns. <laughs> okay. Uh, bipolar can't affect physical health uh, because when you're having a mental illness, it, may, it can make it hard to take care of physical health problems, especially when you're relapsing or having a bad mental health time. So, yeah, it can certainly affect your physical health and your ability to address your physical health. Uh, depression can make people feel too tired take care of themselves, like showering, exercising, even though exercise, of course, can make people feel less depressed, or eating regular and healthy meals, which can make people, you know, not, which they're not, they makes them, look, it just makes you feel bad physically, and like I said, for me, I don't care, so I ain't doing nothing, so duh, everybody go away, leave me alone, <laughs> please, that's what it feels like to me. Uh, it can make depression can make it hard for people to motivate themselves to do the things that are important to do to take care of medical problems like going to medical appointments, medications is prescribed, blood sugar readings or blood pressure readings. Yep, for sure. Uh, that's one of the things that I know I've been turning around because not only did I go through this little miniature cycle, but I've, I've found a blood pressure medicine that I think works. I'll get that checked this week. My medication, my, my mood stabilizer, I'm very happy with that now. Oh, and as I went through this whole little up and down cycle, I did not pick up a cigarette. And that certainly never happened before. <laughs> uh, yeah, so anyone who does know me from the past, that's one of the things they're going to go, seriously? Okay, something's definitely getting better in his world because before I, yeah. <laughs> I would have never, yeah, well, who needs to quit smoking now? But I am free of cigarettes for 30, how many days now? 38, I think. Ah, uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, okay, the depression and the medical issues. Uh, people who don't get enough sleep because of mania are more likely to get sick. That that wasn't my problem. Like I said, I like sleeping. Uh, I was always an early riser, but that's just me. Um, depression can cause physical pain like aching muscles well yeah and especially for me I mean your muscles ache when you're laying around on the couch all fucking day and or being physically you know as they said physically sick or in pain can make people feel depressed hopeless or helpless uh-huh and I would I, that one I can definitely testify for the last three years of my life uh, let's see the roofing accident, uh, three, a little over three years ago where I, my rotator cuff got destroyed. The rotator cuff surgery went fine, but the anesthesiologist caused nerve damage that I still suffer the effects of in my left arm. And for literally for an entire year, I could not feel my left arm or move my left arm. In fact, if I couldn't see it, I didn't know where it was. I'm dead serious. Uh, now I do have much better use of it, but there is still lingering effects of the actual nerve damage itself. So again, I spent a lot of time on my couch because the pain was incredible. <laughs> and so I self-medicated to so that I didn't feel the pain and that was not very healthy for me at all. Uh, and being, yeah, being in that kind of pain, there's just, there's nothing else you can do. Oh, and then the next year, then I snapped my right collarbone completely in half. And then earlier this year, I break my left collarbone 
again in my life, six ribs on the left side and the glenoid socket in my shoulder blade. <laughs> I said, go big or go home, kids. If you're ever going to play games with me, that's what that's the one thing you'll find out. I'm, Yeah. Uh, people learn pretty early on, you, you can't do that. Really? You mean you've never seen anybody do it? <laughs> I can do that. What was that risk-taking and bad judgment thing we talked about on the manic phase? Yep. Oh, what do you mean? I, I can do it. Maybe you've never seen anybody do it, but all right now. Okay. And what are steps that you can take to manage your symptoms of bipolar disorder? Well, step, you know, learning how to cope with stress. Having social support, I believe, is a big one, um, especially, you know, professionals and People, people on your route, you know, just your friends in a, in a circle that you're open and honest and talk about what you're dealing or feeling. Uh, making a relapse prevention plan, uh, which I've started on. I would like to talk to a couple of my uh, my my team members uh, to see if they can help or if they have ideas on that. Using medication effectively, I'm very happy with how I've been with that. I uh, brooked no nonsense in the beginning couple meds that I tried I was very clear about the side effects and we made changes and I said I'm, I'm very happy now with just the simple mood stabilizer that I've been taking uh, taking care of your physical health I've been getting better at that back to a norm, more normal routine leading a healthy lifestyle getting enough sleep exercise and eating healthy this all kind of ties into just getting more movement I'm not exercising like most people would see it right now it's just a lot more little body movement stuff i'm still trying to regain so much uh, movement and everything in, in my whole upper body but it's getting better uh, welding school is going great so i'm definitely getting a lot better with all that kind of stuff and then of course there's the many different types of therapies uh, that you can go so now you know here's we're just i want to close this up uh, the rest of it we've 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 talked about or people know what causes it they don't nobody knows <laughs> i didn't cause mine and neither did my family members and nor did anyone else cause mine and i don't think anybody caused yours <laughs> including yourself scientists don't completely understand it but they think it's caused by problems with the way some people's brains work i know that sounds kind of like self-explanatory right well yeah it's, it's probably i got a problem with the way my brain works sometimes uh so yeah neurotransmitters of course you know the chemicals in our brain yeah so it, that's a simple you know that one and it's also possible it's stress traumas and things of that nature uh will will exacerbate it or or even encourage it uh and then stigma of course the stigmas, uh, you know, the, the it, stigmas, you know, negative opinions and attitudes that people have about mental illness. Uh, research does show that it's just the public as we talk about this and people get to know more about it and they get to know people with mental health dis issues and, and illnesses. The negative beliefs decrease. Well, yes, it does. It's just like anything. If you actually meet someone, all of a sudden, many of the notions you've had in your head uh, disappear because you realize oh well that's that's silly that's absolutely why have I been carrying that around in my head that's fucking nonsensical so 
I'm going to go with that. Uh, you know, uh, their Fair, ha Fair Housing Act uh, prohibits discrimination with mental illnesses. And, of course, the ADA makes it against the law discriminating in the areas of employment, transportation, communication, or recreation. We're not going to get into the ADA right now. I have a dear friend of mine who she's on her own <laughs> battle on that, and I do help her out when I can and she will be on the show soon. Okay, so that that's it. That, that's a nutshell of bipolar disorder, and hopefully you guys got to learn something about me. Just even me talking about it like this, going through this, was very helpful because it's almost like, you know, I'm listing out. Yeah, this is exactly how this makes me feel. Uh, so please check out the website, patrickproblematic.com, you know, click on the subscribe button. I really want to start getting some people's comments and feedback and suggestions and questions so that I can, I can learn from you guys and, and, and get everyone involved so we can build a group of people, a community of people that wants to talk about this stuff, that wants to help others, help themselves, all that good stuff. So yeah, come on, uh, Hit me up, let's share your stories, uh, and I will continue to share mine, and let's all come together and, and make a better world. So I appreciate you, and I want to hear you. Patrick Problematic, The Life of the Bipolar. Until next time, thank you. <laughs>